What's up, guys? It's another episode of the Sassnack Files headed straight your way. This is Chelsea. And this is Rebecca. And we're here today to talk to you guys about episode 104, The Gathering. But before we get to that, it's important that you guys know we are all over the place now. iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, and Podbean. You can also enter us into your little Google search engine and pop us up there. You can access all of our episodes that way in case, you know, you're wanting to listen to us on your laptop while you're working on whatever you're working on from home these days in quarantine. Ugh. Who's ready for this to be over? Show of hands. My hand's raised oh, really high. Yeah, <laughs> my hand is raised too, actually. <laughs> We're all a little stir-crazy, let's face it. So yeah, make sure to check us out on all of those. Give us ratings, leave us reviews. We love hearing from you guys. And I would just like to point out that we actually got some really good feedback from one of our Facebook followers, Angela, about the relation between Myrta and Mrs. Fitz. So, Mrs. Fitz is married to Myrta's uncle. Well, she's actually his widow. And so that is how they are related. Love that. So, thank you, Angela, for that information. So, yeah, episode 104. Not my favorite. Oh, I'm going to admit oh, it. I, I love it so much. I was so excited to rewatch this. I was like, yay, the gathering. I think this is our first episode that we really differed on opinion about, which should yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Guys, I normally have, like, so here's a little behind the scenes. Me and Rebecca plan out ahead of time when we're going to do recording, and then we try to watch the episode the day before we record or the day of. So, I was watching this last night and could not get through it. It's an episode of Outlander, guys. I freaking love Outlander. I will binge Outlander every day of the week. Couldn't get through this episode, so I had to watch the other half of it this morning. I normally have, like, between two to three pages of notes on an episode. I have a whopping page and a half this week, guys. So I'm I'm a little concerned, but Rebecca's gonna carry us on her back and we're gonna make this an interesting episode for you. <laughs> I will be leading you to Lollybrock, like Jamie leads Claire to his home. Take me home to Lollybrock, Rebecca. <laughs> I will say this grieves my soul because this really is one of my favorite episodes. Like if you were to ask me what are some of my favorite episodes of season one, this would be up there. I just I love it so much. And we get, like, some good Jamie and Claire interaction. Like, it felt like Jamie and Claire in this episode. I know we're not supposed to really, we're not comparing book and show, but this felt like Jamie and Claire in that table, and I'm just so excited to talk about that moment. I I love it. Yes. One of the favorite scenes of this episode that I had, so that was one of the highlights for me, for sure. First things first, I never actually paid attention to the title card for this episode before. Did you? No, and not this round either, so please tell me. (laughs) So, it's a kilt with the brooch that they tried to get Jamie to wear in the episode, the Lucio Nanuro brooch. And I was like, okay. Huh. All right. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I kind of like to, they have an entire um, second unit team that films all of these title cards. And the title cards get more complex series moves on, but it always has something to do with the episode in one way or another. So I always find Mm -hmm. it extremely interesting because the writers 
often come up with the title cards as they're writing the episode. Sometimes the producers come up with it, but for the longest time, it was Matt Roberts' job to film the title cards and come up with them. So, really? Let's just try to pay attention. Yeah. That's so cool. He's so creative. Very intelligent. And just, I love how his brain works. I love talking about title cards. It makes me think of A. Malcolm's. I really like that one a lot. That was an amazing one. Yes. I I love that one. It's one of my favorites. And more recently, uh, Journey Cake, 511. I love that title card as well. Shout out to the book readers without making it too obvious. How clever is Claire being leaving all of these little breadcrumbs as she's out playing with the kids in the woods? Very. I actually wrote down Claire is extremely smart and very innovative with her escape plan. Yeah, she's coming up with like alternative fruits and leaving breadcrumbs. It's pretty impressive how smart she's being about the whole thing. Yeah, it kind of just showcases mm-hmm. Claire's intelligence a little bit, because I know that some people question her intelligence when she opens her mouth when she shouldn't, but she's actually a really smart individual. Yeah. All I keep thinking is just how innovative she is. Always finds a way to get what she wants. <laughs> to her detriment sometimes. And other people. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> I love that she actually had a glimpse of Angus's crotch. That was quite funny. This is hilarious. <laughs> don't like what you see. Something I'm not likely to forget. I liked, not that I necessarily liked it, but I thought it was funny to see Rupert whining. He's like, we're missing the festivities. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. Ha- he said he was a boy when the when he went to one. That was the last time they had had a gathering. So that's yeah. like, I'm. Trying to figure out how old he is. Is he like in his late thirties? Yeah, I think it's like it's. I think it's been like thirty years or something like that since the last gathering. So I'm very interesting. And I love the <laughs> comparison that she draws to BE Day from the gathering and the joyousness of the attendees and stuff. I thought that was a very clever way of drawing a parallel between her again being from the future and what she has to compare her current circumstances to. I love that moment when she sees all the clan members just outside and playing. Because what caught my attention was her growing to care about them. And, and, and her inner dialogue was just that she was feeling some regret leaving them. Because she has grown to care about them. And right where she's been staying. So I just thought that was interesting. That we both kind of found something different. <laughs> I love that she tries to distract. Because part of her plan is. To get Rupert and Angus out of her hair, basically. So she just kind of starts this thing of like, ooh, there's a woman staring at me, you guys. And um, I just love that they both are into bigger bone women. I just kept writing down how much I love the music this episode. Just the music everywhere. And her music in her brain when she's walking down the corridor. It happened twice in this episode. I didn't recognize the second time it happened. But it did happen twice, and I just thought, like, that's pretty cool, just to kind of have a little reminder of where she's from, but also she's just keeping the faith alive, I guess, and the hope alive, you know, that she's going to be going home. And through all of this, the one question that we all have is, where the hell is Jamie? Everybody (laughs) knows he's gone, and that nobody's supposed to be messing with him, but nobody's really offering any explanation as to where he is, and 
why he's not there. So I love that they kind of left the audience in the dark with that a little bit instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, because they could have easily shown a little side scene between Colm and Doodle explaining where he was or whatever. But they didn't. They kept us in Claire's point of view and left us in the dark until we finally see him later in the episode. Yeah, he was the second half of the episode, basically. What did you think of Bayless in Claire's chambers where she's staying? Like, how did you feel about that conversation? Did it feel like it confirmed for you that she for sure is a time traveler? Or, like, that she's just as weird because of her wording? I felt like this was the confirmation episode with how she was talking to her and the specific wording. I actually felt that this was the first conversation that Claire and Galus had had where I felt like Galus was a halfway normal human being. That's what I was thinking. And then when she sees the basket of food that Claire has laid out, the immediate conclusion she comes to is that Claire's pregnant. And she's so excited about it, which never really made quite made sense to me, her excitement about it. And then I kind of put two and two together this episode. Now I get it. I get it. Which you guys will, whenever we talk about it a couple of episodes from now, you'll get into. And I will just say that Valerian root in a Scots accent has to be one of the sexiest things I've ever heard. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. If you don't, yeah, and if you don't remember, go back and check because when Gala says Valerian root, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Writers, um, if I have any writers listening to this, find a way to have Santina say Valerian Root next season, and I will be yours forever. I love, and I know this is kind of rewinding a little bit, but I love that Claire was actually having flashbacks of Frank when yes. she was walking through the corridor. I thought that was really sweet, or down the hall, basically. I, I love that. I love with her music and her time, and then there's Frank, you know. And then we find out that Rupert got the girl, not Angus. I wrote down, I was like, so how did Rupert end up with the hen? I want to know the side story. (laughs) She likes the bulkier men, too. I guess. Either that or, like, Angus just kind of gives, like, a little shrug. He's like, whatever. (laughs) I want to know the story. Claire, don't ask Angus what happened. I want to know. Here's my thing. I think that they are both such good friends, and Angus was like, I will let you have the woman. <laughs> Maybe. And I wrote down, go Mrs. Fitz, because she's basically forcing Claire to go to the gathering. Mrs. Fitz is a rock star, like, basically planning this whole thing, decorating and making the menu and all of that. I'm just like, bravo, Mrs. Fitz. You're amazing. That's why they keep her around and know not to mess with her, because she knows what's up. <laughs> Yeah, and then we actually see the showrunner and the writer. That's so cool. Like, Ron's a clan member for somebody. And then Diana. Iona McTavish. Okay. I thought that was pretty Just a random person that they made up for her. And then she did so well with the first line, like the conversation between Mrs. Fitz and her, that they put in that shh. Just for yeah. her, because <laughs> they're like, why not? We'll give you something else to do, too. Yeah. 
I thought that was hilarious. And then to have Duncan just look at her for a sec and then look away, like ignore her. I went, I wonder what it was like for him as the actor to do that to the author. (laughs) And she actually had to do, she had to work with a dialect coach just for that one line. And I'm like, I would be terrible at that. Like, if that were me, I would not be able to do a line because I wouldn't be able to do the Scots accent at all. I am terrible with accents. Just how cool is that? Like, she's there watching her characters that came from her brain and art live. It made me so happy for her. And she just looked so beautiful in her outfit and the hair. I just, I loved seeing her. That was fun. It was so hot. I thought I read something where they had extras, like, pass out in the balcony because it was so hot from all the light really. stuff. And being in those 18th century costumes. There's this one shot that I absolutely boggle over. It's kind of genius because it goes from all the characters in the balcony. So Claire, Mrs. Fitz, Myrta. It's like a crane shot and it comes all the way across to Column coming in the hall and it's just one continuous shot and it's absolutely gorgeous the way it's done. I had never noticed that before but I was digging it. Brian Kelly was the director on this and I'm just, yeah, I love that shot. There are some good shots in this show and this episode, for sure. I love that the bagpipes start, you know, going as Colin's coming in and, you know, he's walking and they all are super respectful of him. It's crazy how intense everyone is because this is a gathering and we're only, we only kind of understand it, but not really yet. This was an intense episode with some of the gathering stuff. I was like, okay. (laughs) One thing I want to know, if you notice, there's this, it's skipping a little bit ahead, but they have so many extras in this set of the gathering. They did a shot after Colin's big speech where they shoot mm-hmm. the audience and they're all clapping. The girls in that shot look so bored out of their mind. <laughs> There's no expression on their face. They're just clapping. Like, you know, when you do the slow clap after somebody makes a really long, boring presentation. Yep. That's how I felt. <laughs> I felt that. You would no, think ahead. that they would tell the extras to be more enthusiastic. You know? I can't believe they used those <laughs> shots. <laughs> I didn't okay. notice that. Yeah, you yeah. should go back and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but that sticks out to me every time I watch this episode. You're on Outlander, damn it. Look excited. Yeah. <laughs> also thought it was super sweet that kind of drawing a parallel to the last episode where mm-hmm. Jamie translated the song for Claire, Myrta mm-hmm. translated Colin's speech for Claire. And it, it was, was also sweet. interesting because Matt Roberts said that, that was he's the writer for this episode. And Is he really? Uh, yes, he wrote this episode. It's a true story. I looked it up. No, I just, <laughs> no, I just went like, how did I not notice this? Yay, Matt Roberts! <laughs> That's why it's good, okay. <laughs> That's why you like it! Yes, exactly. there was a reason. <laughs> no, there's more to it than that. Stop it right now. This is an excellent episode. <laughs> Matt Roberts intentionally wrote the Berta narrating for Claire to get more information into that scene. So you've got the primary stuff happening in the background, and then you've got the whole conversation between Marta and Claire happening. So you've got, like, double double stuff happening. 
So it's a very clever trick that he like worked into the script to have like yeah multiple things going on. Yep, very creative and smart. You're right. It was very like that was an excellent idea. He said that. Some episodes have more room to breathe than others, but this episode was a workhorse. It had an end game, and there were so many plot points made within this episode that it just had to be boom, 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 everything happening. And there wasn't a lot of character art, I guess. There was a little bit, but it was primarily to move the plot forward. Wasn't it a few chapters in the book? It's been so long since I read the first book, but I think it was a few chapters, yeah. So Claire decides to leave the gathering because she's like, well, she's ready to just go. She wants to go to Frank. And then Angus sees her and he's like, my job is to follow you and I want to stay. So she's like, okay. So she's like, I'll just join the fun then. So she had made her drink with the, do you want to say the word? (laughs) So sedative. (laughs) Is that Spanish? Spanish. And you can see it on both their faces. They look like they were trying not to laugh. At least that's what I noticed. Even with um, the actor who plays Angus, I just thought he looks like he's trying not to laugh. Um, And Katrina, always laughing, as we all know. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. It's very hard for her to keep a straight face. So, yeah, I can imagine that she was probably, (laughs) Mm -hmm. probably took her like 20 takes. Well, and then it doesn't help for the guys and Sam to just try and make her laugh. And then they're like, my mission has been complete. I can do my takes while everyone else is, like, not doing it. Well, I don't. There was an interview that Sam and Katrina did together this past Droughtlander before season five came out. And Katrina said that Sam is the king of making jokes and then turning around with a straight face and delivering a perfect take. Literally doing something just to make you have the giggles and then turns around and delivers. And she's like, here I am just trying to keep a straight face. (laughs) And she said he's also the king of making everything Katrina's fault. Like, he'll do something hilarious to get somebody else going and then blame it on Katrina. (laughs) He really sounds like a little brother. That's what I think of when I hear stories like that. I'm like, yeah. That would be extremely annoying. I'd be like, just shut up. Just whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But then Katrina and Sam both do it to Sophie, which is, I find hilarious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Katrina's had to deal with it all these years, and now they both have somebody to pick on, so I just feel bad for Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then what's funny is she plays their daughter, so, like, why not? So funny. So Angus passes out. Not yet. He goes and smacks that woman on the... Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, he never passes out. Why did I think he fainted? Never mind. He did smack a woman's ass. He was just like, bam. Yeah. He goes, oh, you, you. You rascal. <laughs> I will see you later. <laughs> but oh this is God. when Claire thinks this is her opportunity, and guess who freaking shows up? Leary. Leary. Freaking Leary. She was sweet in this scene. I thought, like, it was cute. Let me put it that way. Like, she, she was. She thinks. Yeah, like, she wants Claire to give her this potion thing, like, you know, to help with Jamie. And I thought it was really actually kind of funny that Claire's helping her, knowing what happens later. And I, like, I just want to kick Claire every time I see this scene. Like, 
seriously, if you had just told her no, like, you yeah. saved yourself a yeah. lot of trouble down the road. But I get why she did it. Like, she feels bad for her. Yeah. And she thinks, honestly, it's not going to hurt anything. I'm not going to be around much longer. So, yeah. why not help somebody out? Or at least have them think that I helped them out. Yeah. It's just her Leary's young heart, you know, just wants Jamie's heart to be open. She knows the physical part is like, okay, no, like, yeah, he wants to kiss me, that's cool, but I want his heart. So, Leary's not stupid. She knows, in a way, like, what's going on, even though she is still younger. I just thought that was an interesting thing that I had registered this round. Like, oh, she knows it's this physical-ish thing with him, and she's okay with that, but she wants more than that now. She's, like, ready. Or has been she was seven and then Claire gives her the potion and tells her um there's no place like love there's no place like love <laughs> say that outside his door and I went yay with your mom cool and I this was the scene that I really noticed how gorgeous Claire's gathering dress was there was something mm-hmm. about the lighting in that hallway that it really the embroidery in that dress and the the red in the plaid really stood out to me and I think that's gorgeous. I've been noticing her outfits a lot. This rewatch it's been interesting and her hair just like looks amazing. I love how they've been doing her hair. So good. I can it's because it's her real hair and then they move to a wig. <laughs> Which I can understand because like oh, yeah. the time her hair was falling out because she was having to have it permed so frequently. So yeah, I well, get it. It's just like yeah, there's it looks really good this season because it's natural. And Sam's hair was like falling out too with all the coloring that he was doing. So like I don't blame them at all. So then Claire runs into these randos in the corridor that try to assault her. She's weird, right? I'm like, like, is this really who you want in your clan? They don't even think about this. Men are doing this all the time, so it's not like right. a big deal. That's that's what I was thinking. I don't want to fight with you on my side. So then, for like a split second, I was like, oh, yay, Dougal's here. And then Dougal's freaking yep. just as bad. Good. He goes, you're Lord. right. You're right. You shouldn't be here. So now guess what I'm going to do because you're not in the right place. <laughs> I'm going to put you in your place. Like, ew. And she smacks him and he goes, the fuck? Like, this woman just hit me. And he goes, you better leave before more trouble happens. And here was my thing. She got scared there. After she slapped him and he shoved her up against the wall, she was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, good, Claire. You're kind of getting that for a second, even though Google shouldn't be doing any of that. Right. Um, my thing was, when he backs up, she looks at her bag. I'm like, are you stupid? Thank you. Thank Why you. Why are you yeah, every time I've seen this episode, I've been like, why are you looking at your bag? <laughs> he probably would have walked off, and then she could have come back and got the damn bag. But instead, she rose suspicion and had to, like, physically assault him to keep him pressed. <laughs> yep. Taking measures. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, God. That was dumb. Like, I don't know why they threw that in there. That doesn't make logical sense. For her to look at her bag. I would have completely forgotten about it anyways. I mean, I guess I could kind of see where she was like, oh shit, what if he finds it? Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. But at the same time, you need to be smarter too. (laughs) Just do what Michael Jackson tells us. Beat it. (laughs) Just beat it. Ah. Oh, Lord. She makes her way out to the stable after she assaults Doodle and knocks him unconscious. (laughs) And there's Jamie. 
finally yeah. see him. Yay! <laughs> she makes this noise when she trips over him, and then she's like, Jesus, they throw Christ, and he goes, no. <laughs> it's just me. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, there's the humor. There it is. That's Jamie. Where did it go? <laughs> and I love how he just in- he instantly knows like that she's trying to escape, and rather than raise the alarm or get all shitty with her, he's just like, look, I know you want to leave, but this really isn't the right time. And she's like, no, I'm going anyway. I know my escape route, and all the fighting men are in there, and they're drunk, and he's just like, no, there are extra men out in the woods tonight, being very logical about it, and I, I just love that, that he's not, like, coming at her. He's just like, look, this really isn't a good idea, and here's why. And the fact that she trusts him so much, and that he clearly trusts her, like, I just love that, the bond that they have, that they're both kind of outsiders, and I don't think that Claire quite realizes until later in the episode how much of an outsider he is, even within his own people, essentially. Yeah. Um, But I think that is what bonded them, even though she doesn't really realize that's what it is. Yeah. I thought it was really sweet, him trying to help her, because he does care about her. He wants her to be able to leave, because that's what she wants. Maybe not necessarily what he wants, but he does want her to be happy and go where she wants to go. But, like, he just wants I her did. to be I safe, too. Yes, and that's why he kept trying to know, like, there are other men. You don't think Colin would have had extra guards? There are hunters in the clan, like, really good ones. They will find you, and Colin won't be calling you guests after that. That's a scary thought. She should really think about that. (laughs) So I agree with you. I never really actually thought about it this way, but I love that you said, like, she actually trusts him. So when he says, like, she'll be fine, Dougal won't confront her on what she did because he'll be too embarrassed. I love that. The whole thing was just, this whole moment was good. And Oh, I love that when she says, like, and as you pointed out, I'm just a Sassanac, and he goes, if that, if I offended you, Claire, I'm sorry. Like, he says, Claire, instead of calling her that again, and I went, you are so sweet. <gasps> that just hits right in the field. And this whole moment, I'm not kidding you, Chelsea, for real, Jamie is hot in these earlier episodes. Like, I know some of you probably remember from past episodes that I said I wasn't super attracted to Jamie himself. Not, I'm not talking about Sam. I'm talking about Jamie as a character in the earlier episodes. But, like, I've been like, damn! Like, Sam and Jamie have collided in these <laughs> this rewatch. This has been very interesting. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and sit my drink suggestively and give you the side eye. What have I been trying to tell you? (laughs) So, Jamie tries to bring her back into the castle a secret way, so that way she doesn't get caught, but what we find out is that he didn't want to get caught either because he was trying to hide from his friend members. But, guess what happens? Men try to take Claire, and then Jamie has to intercede all this stuff. Yes, and then Rupert hits him over the head (laughs) because Jamie would have picked him out. Because they were going to take advantage of Claire. So they get back into the castle. And this is where we honestly find out. I wrote down. We learn a little bit more about Jamie every episode. So we don't. It's not explicitly thrown in our face. But we now know that he's not a Mackenzie. He belongs to another clan. And 
we're not sure which plan that is yet, but mm-hmm. um, I found that interesting. And we find this out through very clever wording because they're trying to get him to put the Lucio non Uro brooch on, which is the McKenzie clan motto. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't wear this. This isn't, you know, my clan's motto. And she's like, I don't know your last name. That's not something you ever wanted to share with me. So he doesn't tell her. He just says, just we pray. I thought that was so cool. I'm glad you pointed that out because I wrote that down. Like, he doesn't actually tell her his last name still, just the motto. I just thought he's so careful with his words around her. Claire's voiceover as she's walking out while he finishes getting ready. She says, just we pray, I am ready, but ready for what? And I and love I'm that. <laughs> ready for what? We don't know. But I wrote something he didn't want to do, Claire. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole conversation with her and Myrta, where they're, he's explaining to her, like, look, Jamie was supposed to stay hidden because Colum wants him to swear fealty to him because that way he's in line to succeed. Dougal doesn't want him to swear fealty because he wants to be in line to succeed, Colum. And if, either way, like, if he refuses to swear fealty, he's dead. If he swears fealty, Dougal's men are going to hunt him down in short order and kill him. So, Jamie should have just stayed hidden. That was the plan. Why didn't he? And Claire's like, oh, it's all my fault. And (laughs) Murta's like, yup. That's for damn sure, Claire. That is for damn sure. That whole moment was so tense for me. I wrote down drama like, oh my god. Like, I was tense. I did, oh my goodness. I know I've seen that episode multiple times, but it was, yep. And then Graham was so intense in that moment. I was scared. I was like, holy shit. Like, what is he thinking to make his face look like that? Because he's such a sweetie pie in real life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, he definitely has the fierce war chief thing yeah. going on. Yeah, he's intense. One thing that I did think was a little melodramatic, um, and I'm not really sure, I'm saying this not really knowing what I would have done differently, but whenever Jamie says, I give you no vow, and they shot around all the guys like pulling their dirks out of their belt, and I was like, really? But then again, I'm like, I'm not really sure how I personally would have done it to make it clear that everybody's, like, ready to kill him right now. And I'm not really sure how I would have done that as a director or a writer. But I just thought it was problematic, the way that it was cut. Interesting. I was like, holy fuck, this is happening. They're going to kill him because he said that. (laughs) I was in the moment. Like, oh, shit. Even Colin's face was like, what did you just say to me? Um, what are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, like, why are you here? Like, call him just, man, Gary Lewis is on it with that face, too. Like, they both, him and Graham, have that perfect, you don't mess with me face. For sure. And I was so impressed with the subtleties of all of their acting. This episode was really great. And I felt like we got, in the last episode, that whole line that you love of, I'm an educated man mistress, if I may be mm-hmm. so bold. So we knew that Jamie was smart, that he's educated, but this is something entirely different, that he's put in a tight situation, and he finds a way to walk the line without stepping over it on either side. And he's very clever in 
I really like that they showed that part of him because that's a huge part of who Jamie's character is. Yeah. In all the books. Yeah, like he was very choosy with his words. He wasn't giving himself away to anybody, but he said, Colin, when I'm on your land, I will do what you need done. I agree with you. I love seeing that side of him because he is a smart man. He knows what's up, basically still protecting himself and, and his property, his land, all that stuff. And after Colin just gives him this little grin, lets him know, yeah, you did you did what you needed to do. Good job. And gives him the whiskey. Party ensues, and Jamie comes to Myrtha. Myrtha has this great line. I'm getting too old for this. I put on the I put on the subtitles, and it said you're getting too old for this. So does it? it? Yeah, it says you're getting too old for this. That's yeah. debatable. He's 22. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was more funny when he said I'm getting too old for this, but. I did. I turned on the subtitles just to make sure because I thought the comparison between Lethal Weapon and this was, I just thought it was funny. And then I went, oh, it says you're, this sucks. <laughs> like, uh, no way. Off my bubble. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Heart, heart, tiny bit broken. But what I did love <laughs> is that Claire's face was smiling because Jamie was smirking at her and looking and I went, oh. I thought that it was so cute. I think this is the same thing that you're talking about. That like, when they turn to leave, Claire looks after Jamie, waiting for him to turn back, and he doesn't. So she turns back around, and then right before he goes to the door, he turns around and looks at her, but she's not looking. Yeah, that's it's really cute. Like, they're looking after each other, but they both miss it. Like, they don't make eye contact. Oh, this reminds me. So, rewinding a bit when she asks him about his head, so before he says, just leave space to her, she goes, How, how's your head? And he goes, oh, it's fine. Like, don't. Don't worry about it. My sister Jenny says part is my iron pot. <laughs> and I thought that was funny because I went, Claire will find out soon enough. I'm stubborn you are. He's hard-headed in more than one way, Claire. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, oh, so goodness. then we kind of cut scene to Jazz is playing again. It's the next morning, and yeah. it's time for the boar hunt. And mm-hmm. can I just say that... Claire's attitude about boar hunting, I really don't get where that is coming from. She's like, oh, the poor boar. Like, she's like that wasn't a thing in the 1940s, so I don't know where her attitude came from on that. And it mm-hmm. felt very forced. It didn't make sense to me in context. Yeah. But. Yeah, I agree with you in that sense. I know she's a very caring person, but I thought it was pretty laid on thick. Even for me, someone who's like, oh, that poor animal. like. I even thought it was strange for her to be like, you guys are hunting. But, like, I can also understand what she was saying. Because I was thinking, man, those animals probably just want to be left alone. And they're scared because you keep hitting your things. Um, And for I thought it was pretty logical for her to say, well, what do you think was going to happen? Of course, it's going to try and attack you and attack itself. So that that made sense. But I completely agree with you. There was a little bit where I was like, whoa, where did that come from? I didn't think that that was that common, even for her time. So, and I love that in the beginning of the episode, they made this whole point of her picking out a horse so that she could keep up with the boar hunt. And then we never actually see her riding that horse. We just see her leading it around on foot. (laughs) What's the point of having a horse if you're not going to ride it? I don't understand. Here's what was interesting. So before they even get into the hunt, 
Rupert was like sharpening his knife. Claire's just like, oh no, Becky, you guys are hunting a pig. And then he goes, you obviously have never seen a boar. And it finally hits her a little bit down the line because one of the guys gets hurt and she hears a yell. And then Rupert's like, wait. And obviously she doesn't listen, which is so Claire. I get you want to help people, but you need to fucking chill. And, uh, <laughs> you know, please, you don't know. And so she almost gets attacked by one of them. And, like, that's when it hits her. Like, holy shit. Like, she could have died, like, legitimately. Been, like, ripped in the leg, all that stuff. And been the guy she needed to help who ends up dying. You know, like, that's a scary thing. And Rupert knew it. I thought it was ironic that Dougal was the one that saved her from the floor. Okay, because I was trying to figure that out. Do we actually see his face? Yeah, oh, okay. we see, so, we see right, his so. face with the gun smoking and everything after he shoots the boar. And, uh, okay, yeah. okay. After everything that transpired with him the night before that he's the one that saves her. Yeah, do you think he remembers? I don't know. That's one thing yeah. that... I have a tendency to believe that he's was so drunk that he doesn't remember any of it. He might not remember the specifics, but I think that he probably remembers he made inappropriate advances. Probably, yeah. He's been drunk enough times to know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was even interesting with her helping his friend, you know, Dougal sees her and they're both having this kind of like looking back and forth. And I'm like, that's weird. He literally just tried to like stick his hand somewhere it shouldn't and between us somewhere it shouldn't have been. She literally has to put that aside. And I think she does because Jamie says she'll be okay. So it's interesting. That whole scene where Dougal's with his friend and she looks at Dougal's friend's leg and goes like, oh, I can deal with this. And then she sees his stomach and Dougal's looking at Claire like, can you help them? And she shakes her head and he knew what was up and so he pulls the tourniquet she was trying to make, or did make and just lets his friend bleed out. And I just thought for that time period, I just thought that that was interesting for him to just let his friend bleed out. You know, that time period being as religious as it is. And I kind of wrote down, like, maybe he's also like Jamie in that way where he can be of multiple different thought processes because he is a man of the world as well, not just a product of the church and Bible and stuff because he has been at war and everything. Yeah, I think that Dougal is very aware of the world that he lives in. And I think he knows that that is the most merciful thing that could be done for his friend was to let him die peacefully under the open sky Instead of the misery that awaited him had Claire tried to save him because it was certain misery. And that's what Claire is telling him with that shake of her head. Like, he's not going to live and it's only going to make things worse. Yeah. So I think Dougal is present enough and knows enough about how these things work to know that... I think that Dougal's been in the world enough, like you said, to know that God can't fix everything. Like, it's easy to say that, but... He's experienced war. He's the war chief of the clan Mackenzie. He knows that more often than not, with wounds like this, guys don't make it. So he's doing his friend a favor, and he recognizes that same kindred spirit in Claire, I think. Yeah. And that's what like, moves the plot forward for them. The dude's guts are hanging out, and think of the time period. Nothing, not going to work. <laughs> yeah, he's sure. just going to be suffering until he dies. And I love that his friend goes, did you sleep with my sister? And he goes, yes, I did. She was Bonnie. <laughs> I know. 
Like, no hard feelings. I just need to know. Did you sleep with my sister? <laughs> yup, you're dying, so I might as well just tell you. And I oh, love God. that Claire doesn't Claire doesn't find any of this weird. <laughs> well, yep, she's been at war. She was in the front lines. And and it just seems logical in general for something like that to happen. You know, like it's kind of like Jordy's last wish is he wants to know, did you sleep with my sister? And Dougal's not going to deny him that. He's going to give him the truth because he knows that's all he's asking for in these last moments. That makes sense. It's honor between friends. Yeah. And I just want a serious part of it. Like, I love that um, Claire gets into that, like, peaceful place so he's not as scared because the friend is obviously scared. Like, he's losing sight. She really caught Dougal's attention in that moment. It probably, like, touched a part of his heart that, um, you know, was really grateful, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly it touched him because he comes in and thanks her personally at the end of the episode for what she did. And that's not, I mean, we know enough about Dougal now as viewers to see that that's out of character for him. He doesn't just do that just because. It takes somebody moving him emotionally for him to feel the need to thank Claire. So yeah. I thought that that scene said a lot more than just him inviting her to come out with the rent party. It said, I respect you. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying, I don't necessarily trust you yet, but I respect yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he, he knows she'll do what she needs to do on that trip, mm-hmm. like if they ever need anything. So yep. I do think there is a little part of it where he does want to keep his eye on her, you know, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. he doesn't yeah. trust it. But, yes, I, I agree. There is some form of respect there. But let's talk about the shinty because I loved that moment. Yes, let's talk about the shinty. That looks like fun. I mean, it's a cool mixture of, like, hockey and soccer. It's rugby and field hockey together. That's crazy. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it looks it cool. Is. <laughs> this is so funny because I watched Outlander and, this looks really freaking cool. And then the Inverness Shinty team, they won, like, a national title or something like that. And so I was like, we should go to a Shinty game whenever we're, we go to Scotland next time. And my mom's like, what the hell is Shinty? <laughs> it's really cool, Mom, I promise. <laughs> I do think it is kind of funny that Google just runs into the game and just, boom, tackles somebody, basically. And then um, gets Jamie's attention, and Jamie's like, for a second, and then he smirks, and he goes, okay, cool, my uncle's playing with you. It's fun. <laughs> so I love that it is genuinely, like, we all know what's up. Jamie knows Google's there because he's killing some things. Like, they all knew. Over the past few episodes, the viewer knows there's something off with Google and Jamie. There's a rivalry there. Or a lack of trust. It's a bunch of different things, I think. And we kind of see that intensified in the game. But also it's a little cathartic for them as characters. They get to beat the shit out of each other in a game. It's like Dougal said, I taught you this game. And then at the end, (laughs) Jamie's like, you taught me well. And Dougal says, too well. (laughs) Yep. It's that family bond that you get. But there's also this weird rivalry to them. And... I was reading an interview with Graham McTavish, and he said that there were conversations held, but he wanted it 
to come across that there is this intense rivalry between Google and Jamie because obviously they both know that Colin's not in good health and that he's not going to be Laird forever. And Dougal thinks that it's his birthright to follow Colin, at least until Hamish is old enough. And so there's this rivalry between him and Jamie. But at the same time, Dougal sees himself in Jamie and almost views him as a son. So he wanted there to be this mixture of fatherly love and affection versus intense rivalry, which I really think comes across extremely well. I think they did a fantastic job developing that within mm-hmm. the first few episodes. Yes, Graham did good. They, they both did that very well. I just think that's showcased very well in this Shinji game, especially. Totally. That there's the rivalry, and they they will beat the shit out of each other, given the chance, but they also love each other. They're also uncle and nephew. Which is why those looks Jamie gives him makes me so sad. Like, the previous episode, he bows and, like, looks at Dougal, and there's nothing. Jamie just kind of looks okay. It, to me, it grieved me this round. I don't know if it ever hit me like that before, but I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I loved the random fun everyone was having. Like, Mirtha, like, gets Angus's junk. All that stuff. And he goes, let's, let's not cheat. Now, like, let's play fair. You know, Angus, yeah. Because Angus, like, came up with his stick level back. Like, he was going to whack Jamie. And Mirtha's like, yep. come on now. Play fair. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then he's as everything's over, and Dougal and Jamie have made their peace. You see Angus walking by, like crotchety leg, like <laughs> wobbling. <laughs> what I loved hearing was, I think Jamie actually asks, "Do we win?" I think that we win. Yeah, yeah that happened. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was just over after Jamie and Dougal got into it with each other. It was just over. It didn't matter anymore. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was a one-on-one thing, and everyone was standing there waiting for it. Although, I did love that one little moment where Tom's like, that doesn't look fair. And Rupert looks at her like, so? <laughs> just kidding. What's your point? <laughs> there was something random, because every time I see this moment when Jamie flips him over, Google over, um, I just, I always think this is like correcting scene choice, that little moment where it turns slow motion. I mean, I can kind of see the dramatic effect of it. Like, I get it. Jamie basically dominated Google, so let's slow motion this. But how did you feel about that after just that tiny little cinematography thing that I don't like very much? (laughs) I liked it. I think they kind of used it as visual language to signify almost like a transition of power in that moment. Jamie's not a little boy anymore. Mm-hmm. He's a man. And so I kind of liked it. I know a lot of people didn't really care for it, but I, I liked it. Yeah, and so the next scene is Claire is in her room, and Dougal shows up as we were talking. Um, you had brought up that he went in there to thank her and also just to tell her, hey, you're going on an adventure. I wrote down another moment where her gift gets her into more trouble basically like puts her even more deep into this hole so to speak of like I know she didn't dig it she doesn't mean to because she's good at what she does but like it just keeps keeping her here 
And that's not her goal. She wants to go back home, but, like, her gifting just keeps putting her in places where she's stuck. It also kind of revisits the entire idea behind Dougal bringing her along. He doesn't want her where people can't keep an eye on her all the time. He's taking all of his men with him. So, i.e., you're coming too. And, okay, and as all the men are riding the horses slowly in the morning, Jamie turns on his horse to look at Claire, like, a couple of times just to look, because she's, like, on this trip. Like, he didn't even know she was coming, I don't think, from that look. Probably not. I doubt anybody knew until she showed up. And they all are kind of like, what is happening? This is a guy's (laughs) trip, okay? No women. (laughs) Also, what they don't know is the plot and where it's going to go. And that was the end of the episode. The one that you didn't like so much, it just breaks my heart. <laughs> it's not my favorite. It's not, it's not creme de mint, okay? But it just wasn't my oh, favorite. Yeah. We've reached mm-hmm. the time where we talk about our yummy moment, our quote of the episode, and our performance of the episode. You want to go first? Yes. I do. So, um... <laughs> My yum moment was Jamie playing Shinty. There was just something really sexy about that. So, um, <laughs> that was my yum moment. I mean, Jamie was just sweet throughout the episode. Just in general, I love his little, like, smirks and sweetness. But, like, genuinely, it was him playing that game. What about you? My, my yum moment was what I have henceforth and forevermore dubbed the Just We Pray Smolder. <laughs> that was my young moment. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> Stick a fork in me. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> but, oh my god. Okay, the Jesse Fay Smolder. I love yep. that. If you I... search in Jess for Jamie Fraser, it pops up. That's how famous it is. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, did you have a favorite quote this episode? I actually didn't have a favorite quote this episode. Did you have one? I had a couple. So my favorite was Galitz's quote, sometimes you find yourself on a path you never expected. That doesn't mean it can't lead you to a body place. I liked that one. That, so that one was my favorite. My honorable mention was, I hope you left a good mark so he remembers his error in judgment. See, Jamie's so sweet. He's like, I want to beat the shit out of him, but he won't remember. But I'm glad that you hit him over the head with something. So, <laughs> I know. I love that. I it, love it. It was, like, he literally was like, I'm going to beat the shit out of these guys. I love in that yeah, scene and- how she's like, I had an encounter with some drunken men in the corridor, and he just, like, stiffens, and yep. he's like, they didn't touch you, did they? Like, I'm yeah. gonna kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> because he oh. promises her in the second episode, he says, I promise you'll be safe so long as I'm with you. He tells her right then and there, like, he's gonna protect her. And so he's, like, ready to kick some ass. And take some names if she says the word. So, I love him. I just love that that stable moment so much. Uh, who was your best performance? Stephen Walters was my performance yeah. of the episode. 
the guy that played Angus. There we go. Yeah, he was hilarious this entire episode. Gave comic relief in the areas that really needed it because it was an intense episode. The whole sedative moment and the shinty game. Yes, just all of it. I loved it. He did a fantastic job this episode. I will need to go back and look at him holding his, like, crotch and stuff <laughs> at the game because I didn't notice that. <laughs> it's when they're walking away, so you're paying attention to Murta and Jamie walking off the field, and then in comes Angus, like, walking across, just hobbling. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> what about you? Who was your uh, performance of the episode? I wrote Graham and my honorable mention, again, Sam is always amazing, but I just thought he did really well this episode as well. So I wanted to give them both credit. Like, Graham really, like, ripped hold of me. He's just so impressive. So intense and intimidating. And yet, he's such a sweetie pie in real life. Like, he's just fantastic as Google. Like, again, I just can't say this enough. He, oh my god, he was meant to be Dougal. I know he doesn't look like him in the books at all, but he is perfect. Yeah, Graham and Sam, you both did amazing as always. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are amazing all of the time. All right, oh. guys. Well, that wraps up our episode analysis for 104 The Gathering. But as always, before we part with you guys, we're going to go through the Sassanac Files Recommends, which is the section of the episode where we talk to you about what we've been watching this week and what we're recommending to you guys. So, Rebecca, did you have something you wanted to recommend this week? I do. I actually had one and an honorable mention, I guess, because I just want to talk about it. But how about you? So I was thinking a lot about it because I've been really busy this week and the weather has been super nice where I'm at. But I actually did watch a couple episodes of Songland on NBC, which I know we get a lot of reality TV shows about singing competitions and stuff like that. And this kind of spins it on the head because it's songwriters pitching their songs to famous producers in the industry and they have well-known artists that then pick one of the songs after they've been revamped and stuff and I always think it's interesting because they take you through the production process of where a song starts out how they work on it mold it to the artist and their technique and style and then the artist picking songs for their next project. So yeah, it's super interesting, and if you find that aspect of the music industry interesting, I would definitely check it out. It's Songland on NBC, and they are airing new episodes now. Interesting. My recommendation, because I watched it this week, I just thought it was super fascinating, was a live production of Macbeth, which I had never seen before. I didn't know much about the play, except that you don't say a play when you're performing and stuff because <laughs> shit happens. It's on this YouTube channel that this theater company in Canada, yeah, they've been sharing live productions from years ago. Yeah, of different plays. Like this week or next week, Hamlet's supposed to be on there. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. to watch it because I don't really know much about it. But yeah, this one, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's going to still, Macbeth is still going to be on their channel until the 28th. So it's the Stratford Festival YouTube channel. So there's that. But my honorable mention is that I've rewatched the newer trilogy for the Star Wars movies with like Kylo Ren and Ray and Finn and 
Poe Dameron. And that was just a lot of fun. And I don't know, if you haven't seen those yet, you should get on it. And if you have, you should rewatch them because they're just fun. And, and I know there's a lot that is not connecting. There's some answers that needed answering J.J. Abrams. But um, they're still good. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy the fact that me and Rebecca really don't watch or listen to the same stuff outside of Outlander. So I hope you get like an all-encompassing of what's out there for you guys to watch. We always have like completely opposite things that we recommend. <laughs> so I hope <laughs> that at least one of us has something that you now like. I mean, like, honestly, watching Macbeth, that performance really like hit home for me how amazing William Shakespeare actually was with his writing. Like he genuinely knows how to showcase human emotion. I just was super impressed. It just really hit me. Like he does not care that his characters are super emotional sometimes. <laughs> and like doing right. these crazy shit. Like it's just it's amazing. And I can't wait to watch more of them. Yeah. Alright guys, so that is another episode of the Sassanac Files in the book. You ready to close this one out, Rebecca? Yep. Alright guys, thanks again so much for joining us this week for our episode analysis on 104 The Gathering. Join us on our next episode where we'll be talking about 105 of Outlander Rent. As always, don't forget to follow us on our social media pages. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas about things that we can talk about in future episodes, you can reach out to us on social media, comment on one of our posts, or you can email us at thesassnetfile at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye! Bye!